All right. <clears throat> well, off we go into the message that I'm going to be sharing with you guys. And, you know, I had a very interesting conversation uh, this past week with one of uh, the ladies in our church body. And as we had this conversation, it, we, I kind of stumbled across something that maybe, oh, oh, teens and kids, go ahead and be dismissed. Thank you so much. Sorry to uh, delay there, Eric. I apologize, my friend. Um, kids and teens, y'all can be dismissed to go to the back and to the class there that will be more along your direction. I had this conversation with a, a lady from our church body. It was really an interesting one, and it kind of had something that dawned on me. And I don't know why this is, but there are different expectations on moms than there are on dads. Now, it even actually kind of crept into the video, if you guys noticed, <laughs> When the moms were going away for a weekend, they were like kind of, are you sure you can handle this, men? And they're like, of course. And then we're like, yikes, what are we going to do? There's just this expectation. I talked with this one, and she called uh, her husband by name, and she said, the people at work, when I'm, not, when I'm working during a weekend or whatever it is, when I'm spending that time, they say, oh, is your husband keeping the kids and she's like, no, they're not keep, he's not keeping the kids. He's at home with the kids. It's not something special. It's called being at home with your own children. It's not something special. And I thought to myself, wow, that is so true. And I got to tell you, sometimes it's not like I do this often, but I don't tell my wife, Shelly, tune out for just a moment. If you were ever tuned in, I actually cleaned the kitchen the other day. And yes, don't tell her I know how to do it, but I do actually. And I kind of know how to vacuum too, but don't let her know that either. The thing is, is that she told me, she came in, she said, thank you so much for cleaning the kitchen. And I was like, you don't need to thank me for cleaning the kitchen that I made a wreck in the first place. Not only that, but it's my kitchen as much as it is your kitchen it's not my, like me doing you a favor, but yet I think if we're not very careful, men, and I'm calling us out right here and now, sometimes we tend to think that it's somebody else's job in the house to take care of all of the kids. We got to be very, very careful because especially that mindset can be very, very heavy on the shoulders of a mom. And when we want to build a mom up, we want to say all these nice things about the, the Mother's Day and the things that are going on. And the, the truth is, is that you don't want to undercut that by saying, and now that Mother's Day over, we're just going to go right back to you doing everything and me standing around going, good job, I enjoy this. Because the truth of the matter is, is there's a different set of expectations for a mom. Supermom is a thing where you go out and you have just as much of a, a job outside the home and come back and have more expectations in the home than a man does. And it is not right. And it can be something that I literally believe has separated couples. So men, I know you think I'm coming at you right now, but I'm here to tell you this may be something that will help you and be a blessing to you in the long run because those expectations can become a weight 
on your spouse, your, your wife, the mom of your children. Be very, very careful that the expectations that you have of her do not become something that crushes her, but give her the opportunity, partner with her to be involved. And I know, ladies, I know y'all all want to give me a hug right now, but I haven't had my vaccine. That starts tomorrow. So just stay back. But men, I'm not coming after you. I'm telling you this for all of our own good. Our women are working their tails off. Some of them are on a ragged edge, and we can't figure out why they're never happy anymore. They don't have joy anymore. They don't have a moment to breathe, some of them. So do your very best to be an encouragement and to be a blessing and to be there and do a little bit more to help them and encourage them. All right. Well, speaking of COVID, speaking of motherhood and fatherhood and COVID and all the way that it's changed. Have you guys noticed that things have kind of changed a little bit during COVID? The Washington Post had an article about how there are families that literally were living across the United States from one another. And because of COVID, they just didn't get a chance to see one another. And they thought, you know what? We don't know what's going to happen in the days ahead. Let's just get real serious about renewing that thing in family of how incredibly important it is. And so tons of families reunited in this pandemic and rethink what their home means. They talked about how people are moving in and living with their kids who are a little older, have grandkids instead of just this age, but sometimes teenage. It's happening even in our own church. We have had people that have left our area to go and be uh, living in another area closer to their children. It happens and it's happening on a grand scale. But here's what I know. I know that there are things that we can do to encourage. And <laughs> I, did, I did have one other meme that I almost put in. I put it in here just to make sure that you got a chance to laugh during my sermon at least once. I don't want to sleep like a baby. I just want to sleep like my husband. I mean, ladies, can I get an amen? Now, men, I don't want you. This is a place that you can confess, but I would not recommend this right now. If you ever heard the baby but pretended to keep snoring... <sighs> You're not alone. I'm just saying. There was a meme out there that said, there's only one thing worse than hearing a baby cry in the middle of the night, and that is hearing my husband snore while the baby cries in the middle of the night. But that's a whole nother sermon series. So here is the truth. I want to talk today about moms and how you are valuable parts of our lives. We want to honor you. Ladies, I want to challenge you, hopefully give you a tool or two that might be a little bit helpful in being the best uh, parent that you can possibly be. Okay, so let's keep moving here, and I want to go to the something to learn. The something to learn here is that we know that Solomon was the wisest man who ever lived, but his mother's impact upon his life is seen in Proverbs 31. He basically devotes almost the entire chapter to this woman's wisdom and recording it, and God put it into his word and into his scripture. It's powerful. Do y'all know who Solomon's mama was? Bathsheba. Yes, that Bathsheba. You know, the one who had the affair with King David. So this is really important. When you dig a little deeper, when you kind of push back and go, now, whose who's mama was it? It's Bathsheba. She's the one who had words of wisdom to share. There's so much to say about this, and I want to talk about it, and I want to talk about what it can tell us as moms today, not that I am one, but that I love mine and I love my wife as well. All right, but I also want to be 
definitely an encouragement. And there is, uh, yes, I do have one more movie because movies just tend to say it more than, uh, in a better way than I do. I shared this one with you last year. I don't know if this will mean as much to you, but I think it is a powerful reminder of the fact that most of you ladies are doing a very, very, very good job and you're making a huge impact. So let's check this one out here. It's called, um, I believe, The Words That You've Never Heard, something like that. Let's check it out. Definitely days when I have my doubts about my abilities. I struggle with my temper. I struggle with like how I react with situations. I wish I knew how to, I guess, just calm myself before speaking to them. I wish I was better at taking time to sit down and just listen more to my child. I wish I was more confident in being a mom. I'm not the most patient person in the world. Patience. Patience is far and away probably the biggest struggle. I just want them to know just how much I love them. My mom is totally awesome. She's fun to snuggle with. Pretty, funny. She does cook a lot of food for me. She's just unique. That's why I love her so much. We go on dates together. Like, we go shopping. She loves me a lot. I have a lot of favorite things about my mom. We like to watch movies together and color and stuff. We go to church together, we volunteer together. She is like my heart, I guess you could say, because she's that close to me. My favorite thing is to jump on a trampoline with my mom. That's my most favorite thing to go up high. We like get ice cream or something and like you go to the nail salon and have fun. <laughs> my mommy's my hero. She's pretty and beautiful. She is my hero. She just will care about me and just always love me forever. She's the best. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> I always seem to focus mostly on the negative, and I guess I can walk out of here and say that I'm doing something great, and that my child is viewing me in totally different lenses as I view myself. So that's, that's inspiring. This is my calling. This is my job. This is what I love to do, and I will do it better and with love each and every day because those kids count on me, and they love me for what I'm doing. Well, I wish that we didn't have as many problems with the video as we do, unfortunately, uh, but hopefully you got an opportunity to hear and, uh, and see a little bit uh, of that video and what a blessing. The bottom line is, as moms, you're doing better and making a bigger impact than you realize, and so that's so important.
Um, there was a, 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 a podcast from Elevation Church, and that actually is the place where the video itself came from. Um, and Holly Furtick is the pastor's wife, and she sometimes does some preaching, but she wrote these words and said these words in that message. She said, early on in your Christian walk, God works for you. But as you mature, as you begin to mature in the way that you should, God begins to do more work in you. And there is something powerful to be said about that truth. And I want to talk a little bit about that very quickly. And I want to just say, don't miss this. This is the next thing that I want to kind of share with you. When God does not do something for you, it may be that he's trying to do something in you and something through you. Here's the truth. The truth of the matter is, is that sometimes we are waiting for God to meet our need in the moment. And then we know that there should be growth that happens, but then we don't do that growth, but then we find ourselves in that crisis moment. And then we say, God, you got to show up because I got nowhere else to turn. And so he shows up again. And then we think to ourselves, well, okay, I know I need to grow this time. And this time I'm going to get serious about growing and becoming a different kind of mom, different kind of woman, different kind of husband even. And then we find ourselves later on not doing, not following through. And so ultimately what she was trying to convey is, is that the truth is, is there are powerful things that God is trying to do in us that multiply and make things transformational in a way that is not just simply this small moment of time. Let me put it to you this way. How many of you guys remember the story of the woman at the well in John chapter 4? You remember that story. As Jesus was speaking to the woman at the well, they get off the same page. They thought they were on the same page, but Jesus knew where he was trying to take her, and the woman at the well knew that she was going in a different direction. Well, here is the truth of what was happening. Jesus says to her, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd ask him for living water, and he'd give you living water that would be something like a spring that's bubbling up inside of you and changes your life. This is the New Texas version, okay? And so then she says, yes, that's what I want. Because I'm tired of having to come down here to this public place and get around all these people that I don't like and draw water every single day. And Jesus was like, no, I'm telling you this and you're thinking this. Do you guys understand how they got off two different pages? Jesus is thinking transformation in her life. She is thinking just getting by in her life. Now, moms, listen to me. And I tell you what, hey, guys. If I could just step out and break the third wall real quick, why don't y'all just shut the thing down? Oh, you think you got it? Well, <laughs> come on, computer. You can do better than that. That's right. That's right. Good job, you guys. And I just want to say thank y'all. Y'all are constantly doing such an amazing job. The thing that I hate about your job is that nobody ever really gives you the credit that you deserve every single week until something goes wrong. And like, like that, right? So there you go. Just shut it down and maybe start it over and see, because I think I'm at a place where I can keep moving. Okay, so here's the deal. Thank you, guys. Here's the thing. What Jesus is trying to convey is to get beyond the place where all we're worried about is just getting to the end of the day, getting to the end of the week. And moms, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand. But have you ever had that experience where the very first thought that you have when you get out of bed in the morning is, I can't wait to go to bed tonight because you were just so worn out, right? Okay, that's not wrong. That's called being human. You're not superhuman. 
But here is the truth in your life and in my life. These are the things that God has given us to work with. Their days, their hours, their moments, their weeks, their months. These are the building blocks of memories These are the building blocks of character that you have to use for your children. If you do not take advantage of them, if you're just so desperate to get to the other side of them, you've missed every opportunity that they held within themselves. When Jesus speaks to this woman at the well, she's talking to a man who can transform her entire life. She's asking for a drink of water. Do you see the problem? For for many mothers... This is not judgment. This is just trying to be honest. For many mothers, you are so frazzled that you just look forward to getting to the end of the day or getting past this moment of frustration that you're not taking advantage of the opportunities. This is not a a dig. This is a reminder that these are the building blocks that God has given you to work with to transform a life. And they will be gone. I told you about the pride that I have of my daughter being here. My other two daughters, they're in another church, two other churches, one in Tulsa, one in Oklahoma City area, my daughter down from Michigan. But if we are on a normal Sunday, all three of our daughters are in a different place, worshiping the Lord in a different place than we are. I'm very, very proud of that, but it is also a drastic reminder. I know you're shocked. I am not 30. I know what you're thinking. No, I'm not 30. I know that's what you were thinking, right? So here's the thing. It comes and goes so fast. Don't wish it away. Do not wish it away. It will be gone before you want it to be gone. Can I get an amen from some of y'all in the house? You know what I'm talking about. It's gone before you know it, and it's gone before you, you can even blink. So don't wish it away. But as God moves us as God does something in us. He he changes. Let's go to this next slide here, if you don't mind. Um, As we grow, God desires to move us beyond our temporary mindset towards a transformed mindset. And I encourage you, ladies, never forget when you are pouring into your kids, even if sometimes it's frustrating, aggravating, you're at your wit's end, you are pouring into them and making a difference in their life. But keep that chance of having a transformed mindset, not just simply a temporary one. Let's go ahead and go to this next slide as well. Um, you, You all heard this one, right? You give a man a fish, you feed him for a day, teach a man how to fish, and you feed him for a lifetime, right? You've heard this. I have no idea if it was Lao Tzu who said this or if it was somebody else. Probably it was Abraham Lincoln, to be honest, because everything is. Either him or Ralph Waldo Emerson. He said every important and powerful thing ever said. Um, Who knows who said that? But here's what we do know. For many of us as parents, not just ladies, but men as well, for many of us as parents, God is trying to give us a fishing pole and teach us how to fish. And we say, we don't want that. No, 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 no. We just want to make sure that we've got a fish for right now. That's it. And because of that, our lives are living hand to mouth, not just financially. We talk about hand to mouth financial all the time. You guys have heard that, right? Hand to mouth financial. You, you are living hand to mouth emotionally if you refuse to grow and allow God to transform you on the inside. Because the truth of the matter is, is a transformed instrument in God's hands is an incredibly, incredibly powerful thing. Very quickly, I, I will just, I'm going to do this from memory, y'all. 
If you all need a chance to shut it down, that's fine too. Okay, here it is. That Paul David Tripp guy that looks a whole lot smarter than me, you know who I'm talking about. Had him up on the screen, big bushy mustache, horn rim glasses, dude looks so smart. Incredibly intelligent, given a gift from God. Here's what he says. If your eyes ever see or your ears ever hear the, the brokenness in your child, never forget that is an opportunity of grace. That God has given you the chance to be there on site and make a change in your child. Can I say one other thing, ladies, that might seem like I'm coming at you? I want to just make sure that you're not getting off track. Here is the truth. If you've ever thought to yourself, it's just too much, it's just constant, it's just all the time. Here is what I will say to you. The truth of the matter is, is that for many of us, We think that every time our child says something wrong, does something wrong, displays the wrong attitude, it is something about us that has been made some sort of statement about. That's not true. The truth is, is that I had incredible and amazing parents, and I turned out to be a rebellious and stubborn and just difficult, difficult child. It had nothing to do with my parents. It had everything to do with me. And so because of that, I want to encourage you to understand that if your child curses, if your child has a bad attitude, if your child does these things that you've told them a hundred times not to do, can I just tell you something? It's God's grace that you have an opportunity to address it now while they're still in your house before they become parents and they don't mind, and they don't care, and they've never fixed it, or they become adults, and they do something crazy where nobody's around to pull them back in from the ledge that they want to walk towards. It is always God's grace in you and in me as a parent whenever anything is revealed. And I'm here to tell you, trust me, if you've parented for more than a year, you already know, ain't no such thing as a parenting manual that fits. Can I get an amen, right? You want to do what's right. You try to do what's right. There are no instructions on their rear ends. It's true. I've looked. It's not there, right? So there you go. You got to do your very best and do the very best that you can. Here's the big idea. Perfection is what moms desire, but not what your God or your children require. This is the big idea for us today. Moms, I'm going to do you a favor. That inner voice that tells you that you've got to be perfect and you've got to do it all. Do not listen to that voice. That voice is a liar. And it will make you feel paralyzed, not motivated. Because you know, as well as I know, as well as all of us know, there is no such thing as a perfect mom, perfect dad, perfect person anywhere. There was only one guy, a guy named Jesus, who had it all together. Now, he can help you keep it together, but you got to rely on him. But you will fall. You know how I know? Because I am right there with you. (laughs) All of us fall. We want to be better. We want to be good. We will disappoint. We will do things the wrong way. We will have moments in our life where self is more important than it should be. It's just human nature. It's not excusing it. It's just being real. But here is the truth. God has a way of helping us as parents to be better than we deserve. He can multiply impact, but you have to bring him in. 
You don't need to shoot for perfection. You need to shoot for God's grace to cover all. That's what you need to shoot for. Perfection may be what you desire, but is not what your God or your children require to be great kids. I promise you, there are great kids out there whose parents were horrible. I've met them. You've met them. This is the truth. And so just imagine if a person is sold out and they give themselves to God and say, you know what, God, we're going to let you use us in any way that you possibly can. It will be a powerful thing. All right, I'm moving quickly and I'm going to just dive deep on some of these scripture things very quickly. Let's go to this next slide here. I don't know if you guys have heard of this before or not, but it's called the book of virtues. If you read the the passage of scripture back in the King James Version, it, it begins... In chapter 31, verse 10, a virtuous woman who can find. I love it. It's not a perfect woman who can find. It is a virtuous woman who can find. And back in the day, there was a man named William J. Bennett who wrote a book called The Book of Virtues. It was a way of sharing with parents, this is the thing that you should be developing in your kids. They even put a cartoon together with it. Tori, you remember, you guys watched a few of those, right? So The Book of Virtues, Adventures from The Book of Virtues. It's just a thing. But here are the six or seven virtues that they share. Let's go to this next slide. It's responsibility, courage, compassion, honesty, friendship, persistence, and faith. Can I just say this? That's enough. Like, do that. Go back and look at that, uh, that list of seven against all the things that are spoken about, about a virtuous woman in Proverbs chapter 31. And it is a powerful reminder that you don't have to be perfect, but if you are a virtuous woman, not a perfect woman, not a woman with a perfect past, if you are a virtuous woman who is developing and growing and letting God continue to transform you, you can be transformational in the lives of your kids. Let's keep moving here and let's go to this next. I underlined a few things to point out to you so you wouldn't miss them. This is going back in the passage that Eric read from Proverbs chapter 31 verses. Um, that's, that's not correct on the, on the numbers there. It says the saying of King. No, that is right. Sorry. Proverbs 31 verse 1 through 3. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance that his mother taught him. Let me just say this. No matter what your past, God can still speak to and through you. This is important as a mom to know. If you have let your past and what you were or were not in the past keep you from saying, I'm hearing from God and I'm going to speak it into the lives of my kids, you're missing the chance. Remember, this is Bathsheba we're talking about. And yet, what is she doing? She's giving the wisest man alive, the wisest man in all of human history, an inspired utterance that he writes down and shares. That's powerful. Let's go to this next one here. The sayings of King Lemuel, an inspired utterance. She says, listen, my son, the answer to my prayers. You know what? That child that she conceived when she had the affair with King David That child died very, very young, maybe even in childbirth. But she prayed and she said, Lord, I still want a child. And God gave her a child. Mothers, planned or not, every single child is a gift from God to you. I have heard from my own father-in-law who raises a special needs young man and continues to do this to, his, to this day. 
I told him, I said, I respect you so much for what you've done in Josh's life and how you've raised this child many times, many years on your own. He looked me dead in the face and he said, that boy saved my life. And moms, I have a feeling that you know that you are a different person now than you had been before that child came into your life. That child is a gift from God, not just for your happiness and your joy, but for you to pour into that child. There's so much to be said. It's so powerful. And then she goes on, and in that passage of Scripture that's hopefully going to make it back up on screen, she says, do not spend your strength on women or your vigor on those who mislead or lead astray kings. Now, let's hit the pause button here for a second. She was the woman who misled the king. This is the biblical equivalent of what we're talking about all the time now. I'm just going to be honest, just going to be transparent, just going to tell you my own story. And I love how she's doing that in that Old Testament setting. She is not pretending that it wasn't her. She's telling him, don't make the same mistake that I made. There are things that I don't want my children to follow in my footsteps on. And it's powerful as an adult to say, you know what? I never want you to think that I did it all right. Here's what I made a mistake doing. And here's what I would say. Don't make the same mistake that I've made. This is what she's saying. And it's incredible. It's powerful because she's being as honest as she possibly can. All right. So I tell you what I want to do. Very quickly, I want to talk about how you've got to keep things in the correct order. You've got to have the he and the me and the we in the correct order. I talked about this last week, remember? But here's the problem. You sometimes forget as a mom, as a parent, that the, the gift that you have is that child. The giver of that gift is the God who is supposed to be at the top. It's supposed to be he first, and then we, and then me at the bottom. If we're not careful, we ask our kids to bear up under a weight that they are not strong enough emotionally, spiritually to handle. We ask them to be the center of our universe. Just trust me, I promise you, there are people who have put a five-year-old child in control of whether or not their family does what is right or wrong, does good things, has a good day. Like they let a five-year-old child determine that for other people that are 35, 40 years old. I don't know why. I think it's just easier because they're usually the loudest, right? So here's the truth. Don't you dare let them rearrange your order. It's God first, and then it's all of us, and then it's me. It's not you at, the, you at the center of it all. No, that doesn't work. It warps a child in a way that can never be undone. Be very careful that you don't put the child that God has given you above the God who gave you the child in the first place. Can I get an amen? Amen? Very quickly, I'm, I'm, I'm moving close here to the very end. i tell you what I want to do. I want to just very quickly jump down to the great mom method and just put it all up there. I don't know if you could do it. There's the great mom method. Engagement is being interested in your child's life. The intention is planning and following through. And then apology is when you just say, you know what? I screwed up and I'm sorry. 
These are your tools for reaching your child, for building a great life for your child. It's being engaged in what they care about. It's being intentional about reaching out to them, planning something for their life and following through, and then being big enough, woman enough to be able to say, I screwed up and I'm sorry. Now, don't miss this. I spoke a lot about this Proverbs 31 woman And I don't want you to miss this because this is really important. When God's son was born and his genealogy was given to Matthew, in Matthew chapter 1, he started writing it down. He said, this one begat this one, this one begat that one, this one had a son named this, this, and his mother was. There are only five women listed, and Bathsheba is one of them. Mary is one of them. There's three others. Ruth and Tamar, and I can't remember, Rahab, the prostitute. Interesting. Interesting that all of these women, not all of them, but a lot of these women had a past. And God said, you're a mother worth mentioning. Can I just be honest with you? If you've got a past, that doesn't matter to God. Every single Christian has a past it's just the way that it is. But if you allow that to be something that shackles you, then your child will be hindered in their future. You have ways to prevent them from making some of the same mistakes that you've made, but you have to be faithful to say, these are the things that I did. Don't follow down the path that I was on. And you can say, I'm sorry. I wish you had a perfect mom. I wish you had a perfect dad. But I can't say that because it's just simply not true. Well, you'll be surprised at how much of an impact that that kind of honesty makes. Very quickly, here's how you apply this message, and then I'll share with you a story. Uh, You apply this message by moms being engaged, being intentional, and using that apology. Today, maybe one of those is jumping out to you and you say, I really need to be better at that. If you're a dad, how do you apply a Mother's Day message? Here's how you do it. You praise the moms that you have in your life. For me, I've got Shelly, and I've got my mom, and then I've got two mother-in-laws. So I've got some moms in my life. I need to be praising them, and I need to pitch in, like we talked about at the very beginning of this message. And then if you're a kid that's still in here today or watching at home, you need to obey. (laughs) Yes, yes, just obey. They are smarter than you think they are, and I promise you they're smarter than you are, okay? I know that makes you mad, but it's true. And just obey them, and you'll be shocked at how frequently they turn out to be right, and you're going to be glad that you listened. And then you also can pitch in and praise your mom and do those things that she needs you to help with, and then just say every now and then, Mom, I love you. I'm glad God made you my mom. It's cool because you can also see them cry. It's almost like a magic formula. We'll talk about it later. All right. This is where you can be. Now, just I want to talk about a woman who made a powerful difference. Actually, three women that made a very, very powerful difference. And I'm going to hit this fairly quickly because I know my time is done. But let's talk about it. We've all heard of MAD, Mothers Against Drunk Drivers. You've all heard of that, right? This began as RID, you know, RID 
of intoxicated drivers. It began in 1977, and in 1980, other women joined and became people. A woman named Lamb and Leitner joined Doris Aiken, who had begun this thing at her church. So it became mad, moms against drunk drivers. Now, if you don't know the power of what this organization has done, let me just share it with you. Crashes that have had alcohol as a factor from 1977 to 2016 over that 40-year period, it dropped over 60%. That's a powerful thing, and that is a success in everybody's book. Am I right? Yes. Doesn't even tell the whole story, and here's why I love this example. Not only is it moms that were making these impacts, but it also needs a little bit more explanation. Let's go a little deeper because here's the deal. Moms, you're doing things that we see on the surface, but you're doing more than we even grasp. We just need to take a little bit of time to look a little deeper and then imagine the impact. So let's go a little deeper on these three ladies. Very quickly, the crashes with alcohol dropped 60%, but the blood alcohol level, which used to be much higher, dropped And so when more people were considered to be drunk driving, more people were considered to be drunk driving because their blood alcohol content was 0.08. And so back in the day, it used to be 0.1012, et cetera, all of these. And so uh, as these crash numbers are dropping, it's becoming easier and easier to be found guilty of driving while intoxicated. So they're making a bigger impact than you even realize. But let's keep going because there's even more. But wait, there's more. All right, let's click to this next slide. When RID and MAD efforts began in 1977, approximately, the U.S. population was 220 million people. When this article was written about 40 years later, the population was 323 million, an increase of about 46%. So as it's easier to be drunk driving and the population is skyrocketing, These numbers are falling in a precipitous rate. They have all but eradicated drunk driving as something we see as just, well, no big deal. In the 70s, they used to have drunk drivers kill people and they wouldn't even lose their license. Not even for a year. They just go, man, that's a really sad accident that happened. Nobody's to be blamed and nobody's at fault. Three mothers said, this is insanity. We're going to change this for the better because we've got kids and teenagers who have become victims and they've been cut off in the prime of their life. They changed our society by getting in, rolling up their sleeves and getting involved. This is powerful. Let's go to this next slide. This is what it, this kind of encapsulates it all and kind of gives you an idea of the level of impact. And as I said, I think the reason this was such a powerful thing to me is because mom's I think we all know how important you are. But then when we push back the things that would be there in our lives, had you not rooted them out. The difficulties that we would face had you not been there to give us the strength. The belief in us that we didn't have for ourselves, we held on to your belief until we could find our own. There's just so much that moms do. Usually not on the surface. It usually has to be looked at a little deeper. But moms, you are powerful, powerful agents of change in your family and in this world. 
never forget the value that you have. Never surrender the opportunity to make that kind of difference in people's lives. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help our mothers. Be with them, Lord, I pray. Give them the strength that they need to become the women that they can become. Give us as children, give us as men, the opportunities to encourage, to praise, and to say to them, you have made a difference and an impact in my life. I thank you, God, for my mom. I thank you, God, for my wife. And I thank you, God, for the wives and the mothers that are here that are making a difference in lives even to this day. Give them a very special blessing on this Mother's Day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.